This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Panthers camp. Today's day two of pads. Yeah. And you know what? I got five things. Five things. I gave five things yesterday about training camp. I'm looking forward. But here's five more things about the Carolina Panthers that I want to see as this preseason continues and progresses. So first thing on that, Victoria. Yes. We got into a discussion yesterday about depth, especially on defense. And and honestly, there really wasn't a whole lot of depth at linebacker behind Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvre in terms of off-ball linebackers in the interior of the defense. Well, yeah. they, they, the, the Panthers addressed that yesterday. So check this one off. Mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers worked out yesterday and signed Deion Jones at linebacker, again, providing depth with Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu. I think it's a solid signing. He was a Pro Bowl player early in his career with Atlanta, with the Falcons. 28 years old, got traded during the, during the season last year to the Cleveland Browns. Got a little bit nicked up. Production wasn't quite there, but one thing that we saw early in his career, really solid in pass coverage, which this is kind of the evolution. We talk about how, like, running backs sometimes get devalued. I think actually off-ball linebackers sometimes are actually devalued nowadays because if you're not great in coverage, a lot of teams really aren't looking for you. You don't need that run-stuffing, you know, like... Back in the day, like the neck roll, Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. You know, you need guys that are versatile. Yeah, you want them to be effective against the run, but you got to have guys that can cover in space, especially tight ends running down the middle of the field or backs coming out of the backfield. Inside linebackers have to have the speed to do that. It's, it's actually interesting. You see off-ball linebackers have gotten smaller Yeah. over time. Like you can see guys that may, in like a 4-3 defense, that play on the, the weak side of the defense off the ball. Some of them are like just 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, a lot of them are Jerry, like Jeremy Chin size. Yeah, like six three, two twenty, two twenty five. That's where you see a lot of weak side linebackers actually playing now. Guys that are off the ball. So that's how that position has evolved over the years. We don't really see a lot of great inside linebackers nowadays. It, far, far day, far gone are the days of Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher. Yeah, those days are far gone. But now we see guys that have to be good in coverage because this is a pass-first league. So we saw that early in his career, especially in Atlanta, Deion Jones. Has five interceptions in his career, which is pretty solid for an inside linebacker. So hopefully, is he the player that he was when he was 23 years old, 24 years old, when he was making a Pro Bowl? No, he's probably not that. But he provides depth behind Frank Luvu and Shaq Thompson in case there is an injury. But also just gives you more options. Yeah, that's really it, because we talked about yesterday. We need to find the Carolina Panthers need to find somebody opposite of Brian Burns in terms of an edge rusher. Well, now you can get fancy with it. You want you want a more trickery and fancy, Victoria. I do. Something that you said yesterday. I do. OK, well, maybe this gives you the option of moving Frankie Louvu up towards the line of scrimmage now mm-hmm. on certain situations. You can bring Deion Jones. Yeah. In. So it, it gives you a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more versatility. Sneaky. We got to be sneaky yes. with this stuff. Sneaky. You, yeah. You got to be one step ahead. So a, a veteran player who still has something left to give out there for the Carolina Panthers, again, providing depth for the team. All right. So that's number one. Let's go to number two. Something I'm looking to continue to see from the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young. 
the veterans that were brought in on offense to help Bryce Young mm-hmm. before he was even drafted. The signings of Thielen, Shark, Hayden Hurst, bringing in Miles Sanders, but just the offensive staff that was put around. It was like whoever this rookie quarterback is, they put a pretty good infrastructure around them. Yeah. And also the key piece in that as well, Victoria, you and I were talking off air before the show started. Yeah. Andy Dalton. Huge. Like the interaction between Dalton and Bryce Young, we don't necessarily see all of it because we just see what's during practice on the field, and that's it. Yeah, and that's then okay. plus it's all about Bryce, too, so they're yeah. just going to show Bryce as much as possible. Well, for sure, fine. but we don't hear the conversations the two of them are having. We don't hear or see the conversations they're having in meeting rooms yeah. or when they're watching tape and all those kinds of things. Just teaching him how to be a professional, things to look for. and I wish they did show that more often. I would like to see how he's shaping him. Yeah. Or the advice he's given. Now, me personally, I wish Cam was giving him this advice because I love Cam Newton, but, you know, they didn't bring him back. No, 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 no. (laughs) Again. That's a different conversation. Uh, Unfortunately, I think Cam's career is done. It's sad as it is. I I just, that's just. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's something we definitely get into at a later point. But my point is this. These guys were brought in, especially a guy like Thielen. Thielen not only helps out Bryce Young. But he also helps out the young receivers that the Carolina Panthers have as well. It, he's helped Terrace Marshall Jr. It helps Jonathan Mingo. Helps Shai Smith. Guys who are rookie, second, third-year players. DJ Chark. He's still younger in his career, but he's been around for about five years. He's experienced some different stuff. Played in different in, in a couple different systems. Jacksonville, Detroit. So these veteran guys that are brought in to help Vi- Bryce Young. I want to see that continue to grow. And speaking of the benefit of having veteran players... Bryce Young yesterday talked to the media after practice. This is what Bryce Young had to say about having a veteran player like Adam Thielen. You know, having someone like Adam, obviously, who's who's done it for a long time, had a lot of success, and is, is a real pro, um, you know, is super consistent. Um, and, you know, again, he's he's seen it all. Um, and, you know, for me as a young guy, having a safety net like that where you know exactly where he's going to be, he, he understands the play, he understands the full play design. He, he's always where he's supposed to be. That That's really important for me. It's it, it's helped me a lot. And, you know, he's the one getting open. Um, so for me, it's just, just on me to, to find him and get him the ball, and he's doing all the hard work. Now, something else as well that we are seeing is the relationship and chemistry that's being built up early between Bryce Young and DJ Chark. Here's Frank Reich, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, on that chemistry and that connection that Bryce Young and DJ are having. I'm, I'm, I am excited that it's happening. You're exactly right, Joe. I mean, it, it seems like they do connect every practice. Uh, you got two really smart players. DJ is a really smart player, very savvy and instinctive, and then he's got the speed to go with it. And I think, you know, Bryce obviously same way. And, you know, I think that that's looked good. We're excited about that. So that's exciting if you're Carolina Panthers. I, I'm i not quite as bullish on the receiving core as a whole that a lot of people are. Because here's my thing with the receiving core is that Adam Thielen never really has been a number one in his career. No. He's a very good player. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. He's had a solid career, but he's never been a number one. So he's never been matched up against a top corner all the time because he's played alongside Jefferson, Justin Jefferson recent years and before that, Stephon Diggs for a long, long time. So he's never had that matchup. DJ Chark, when he's healthy, he's been really, really good. But the last time he was actually healthy for a full season was 2019 in Jacksonville. And I know a lot of Carolina Panthers fans that saw him when Detroit came into Carolina last year put up some pretty big numbers 
against the the Panthers last season, but he's been injury ridden. So that's the thing. Okay, are you going to stay healthy this season? Because that dude could stretch the field. That's no. I mean, that that is unquestionable. Yeah. But can he stay on the field? And then Jonathan Mingo as a rookie, it's he's a rookie. You just don't know. He could pop off for a thousand yards this, this this season if he develops. Great, awesome. But it wouldn't surprise me as well if that he ends up being the number four or five receiver just because again development. You just yeah. don't know. Terrace Marshall Jr. All right. You're, according to Pro Football Focus, you're one of the highest rated wide receivers last season in terms of go routes. Can you run more than just go routes? Can you develop, like, use that big body that you have as well? Can you be more than just a, a guy that runs go routes? Please. And then you got to throw in guys like Shy Smith as well. Like, how do you develop as a slot receiver? And then LaVisca Chanel, how are you going to be, how is he going to be used this season? So, again, I have a lot of question marks. Not saying that this receiving core is terrible or it's bad, but I have question marks. Yeah. I just have questions about them moving forward. That's again, not saying they can't be good. Well, and you know, we would have had those question marks regardless of the staff, whether we had the same staff. Thank goodness we have a new staff. Yes. But now that we do have a new staff, we definitely have question marks because what are they going to do now? So yeah, that, well, that's what's intriguing. So there's then there are questions. Not saying they can't be good, but I just have more questions going into the season than than some might have. All right, right let's go on to number three here. Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete DeRuta with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013-888-843-0013 or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Talking about Bryce Young interceptions, right? He's thrown a few in practice. It's okay. That's all I'm going to say. It's fine. It's okay if he throws some interceptions during training camp. Sure. The important thing is that he learns from them, grows, doesn't repeat the mistakes multiple times, and he tests his limits. That's what a lot of training camp is. It's like, all right, can I do this? Can I make this work? Yeah. Like, all right, I think I see someone open. Where, where can I place the ball in order to make sure my guy can get it? And it's very cliche, yeah. but you have to be uncomfortable. You have to make yes. yourself be uncomfortable so you can grow. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable to throw an interception, especially with all the cameras and people and fans and whatnot around you. But you need to do that because when it counts in a game, we want you to actually connect with your receivers. So mess up now, Bryce. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Get it out now. Yeah, I don't want to see it at Bank of America. So we're seeing uh, people tweeting out from practice today, some different stuff regarding uh, regarding that. But we're seeing how Bryce Young, apparently in, in the 77 red zone drill that they had, yeah, went three for four, three touchdowns. The only incompletion was a drop. N- nice. So, I'll yeah, there we go, folks. I'll take it. We're Let's in. Go. We're in. Yeah, Super Bowl ready. Let's go. All right, the fourth thing. And a very important one. Yes. Building your identity as a franchise. Please. This is a total reset this offseason. Yeah. A total reset from new coaching staff. There's a couple guys retained. But it's a new coaching staff. You brought in a new quarterback. You traded up for your franchise guy. Let's find an identity for this franchise. Yeah. Who are you moving forward? 
That's the big question mark. Because under Matt Rule, under that guy, mm-hmm. he who shall not be named. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was no identity. None. There was no identity of this team. Now, when Steve Wilkes took over last season, that keep pounding mentality came back. And guess what happened? Oh, this team had an identity and they actually had success. Yeah. You know, they almost made the playoffs last season. Well, and he was trying to build an identity with, you know, heavy defense and, you know, running the and ball running more. running the ball, yeah. So there was that. But now with the new staff, are we going to lean more offensively this time? I mean, we have a well, great defense, but it's it's even that. Like, what are we going to do on the offense if we are more offensive with it? I'm just so well, many I, questions. I look at identity more than just what your schematic, like what your schemes are on the field. Sure. Yeah, because that oftentimes is just dictated by your personnel. Yeah. I'm looking at it from the mindset of, all right, for example, like the staple franchise a lot of people use is the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are they known for? Stability. Blue-collar work ethic. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Stability, blue-collar work ethic. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. Tough, hard-nosed, physical. Mm-hmm. Isn't that team Lamar Jackson at, at quarterback? Yeah. Like, it's still tough, hard-nosed, physical football. That's what they're known for. That's their identity, right? So that is something that you got to keep in mind when it comes to forming an identity. It's just who are you as a, as a team as a whole? Not what your – just what your scheme is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, for example, Pittsburgh's known for consistently having a 3-4 defensive defensive scheme. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's just their identity as, as, a, as a franchise. I'm like, what's your identity now as a franchise moving forward? Yeah. Find that. Develop your culture. Prime example, we look here in the state of North Carolina. Look at the last five years under Rob Brennan North Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. That's an identity in a, of, of a franchise in terms of work ethic how their their style of play, whatever it is, like that is ingrained in the culture of the team. Yeah, always that the is, underdog, but showing up. Exactly. That's something I want to see the Carolina Panthers truly form and develop as yeah. uh, the season goes forward. And final thing, number five, real quick, just stay healthy. Please. I haven't seen anything major today in terms of injuries. I know Bryce Young is actually already talking at the podium after practice, which is good, which means he's, that means he's healthy. Right. Bryce Young's healthy, and that's all that matters. All right, let's move on here. ACC preseason poll. So those are the five things from Carolina Panthers training camp. Moving I forward. like it. Let's keep number five in mind. Please. Yes, always keep number five in yes, mind. Yes, please. All right, ACC preseason poll is here. Team pick to finish number one, number one overall. School pick finish number one. Clemson. Oh, what a shock. What? But here's the thing. They got 103 first place votes. Florida State, number two. Oh. 67 first place votes. Interesting. For Florida State. Not surprised that Florida State's number two, but this is a lot tighter of a vote than in years past. A lot of people are pretty bullish on Florida State. Understandable. What what they've built down there in Tallahassee, building back up from the doldrums of what they were just a few seasons ago. Jordan Travis, that quarterback. There's, There's a question at quarterback... In terms of Cade Klubnick, a lot of people think that he's the next guy for Clemson, but we haven't fully seen it yet. Mm-hmm. We anticipate it, but we haven't fully seen it yet. Jordan Travis, we know, is a special playmaker. Picked third with five first-place votes, UNC. Oh, look at us. That makes sense. In the triangle. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. That was picked to finish fourth in the league with one first-place vote. I'm oh. curious who this one is. <laughs> NC State. Just one. NC State picked to finish fourth in the league, followed by Miami. Tied for six was Duke and Pitt. Louisville eight, Wake Forest nine, 
Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Boston College, and then Virginia, the bottom five teams in the conference. All right, so I'm going to give you what I voted for. I'm going to give you my, my top picks here in terms of the ACC. I picked Clemson number one. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'm going to steal a line from Rick Flair. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Sure. And last time I checked, Clemson still runs this conference. Which, Ric Flair was at GalaxyCon. Yes, he was. This I, weekend. I, I walked by he him was, multiple times. He was in Raleigh. <laughs> I was walked by him multiple times. <laughs> I picked Florida State to finish number two. It's, I think they've really built something solid down there. I picked Carolina three. I'm, I'm staying in track. I'm staying yeah. in track right here. Yeah. I actually, I picked – this, this is where things get really tricky. For I think – Clemson, Florida State, Carolina is a pretty solid one, two, three. And I think a lot of people had that and reflects obviously here in the voting. But when you get like four through nine in the yeah. ACC, toss up. 100%. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest was picked to finish ninth overall. If Wake Forest finished fourth in the ACC this season, wouldn't, wouldn't be shock shocked. Me. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me a bit. Nope. NC State was picked to finish fourth. If they finished ninth this season in the ACC, would not shock me no. either. So my fourth team actually went with Duke because of all the returners that they have coming back. I know their schedule is a lot harder this season because they do have to play Clemson. They still got to play Carolina and NC State. Their schedule is a lot more difficult. I think a lot of people are overlooking Duke this upcoming season. I picked Louisville actually to finish number five. This was a really, really tight vote for me. I picked Louisville to finish number five because of the transfers that uh, Jeff Brom has brought in to Louisville. I think some... I think some people might be sleeping a little bit on Louisville because they were picked to finish eighth. I know they lost Malik Cunningham, uh, who's now in the NFL. But to me, I think it works out for them to potentially finish number five. Again, if they finish ninth, wouldn't be shocked either as well. Yeah. And I had NC State finishing sixth in the conference. I'm really excited to see what their offense does with Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong coming yeah. in. Brennan Armstrong in Virginia last season, who didn't have Robert and I as his offensive coordinator, struggled mightily last season. It was also just a bad year overall for Virginia and just obviously the tragic ending to their season uh with the with the with the death of three of their players. But it was just a uh, just a down year for Brennan Armstrong. Can he be can he in his last season of college football can he revive and, and recreate what he had in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one with Robert and I as his offensive coordinator. I had Pitt seven and then Wake Forest eight and then Miami nine. I picked Miami nine because you know what? Miami, the U, until you prove something otherwise I ain't picking you to finish high. Yeah. I'm sorry. You ain't back until you back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all I'm going to say. You ain't back until you back. Yeah. And right now they ain't back. All right. Let's switch over to a little. I mean, it's the Adam Gold show. I have to talk soccer. Right? Of course. Dennis Cox sitting in for Adam Gold today. The U.S. Women's National Team this morning escaped with a draw against Portugal. I oh. I woke up this morning and watched it on replay. I, I avoided any of the, the spoilers in terms of, like, I made sure I got no notifications of the score of the game, anything like that. Well, I was sweating bullets. So I was like, wait, hold on a sec. Are, are, are we advancing to the round of 16? Because had they lost that game, one nothing, and Portugal had some chances late. The U.S. would not be in the World Cup anymore. They would have gotten knocked out. Yeah. Now, granted, if they had won the game just because the Netherlands crushed Vietnam 7 nothing based off goal differential, I don't think U.S. would have won their group because after you go points, it goes to goal differential. But Carly Lloyd, former U.S. Women's National Team captain, now covering the World Cup for Fox Sports, she didn't hold back with her criticisms of the U.S. team. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I have never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between 
being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. You're lucky to not be going home right now. What she's referring to is that Portugal, late in the game, late in the second half, had a clear scoring opportunity. I forget the player's name. My apologies on that. Takes a shot, gets past the goalkeeper, and it hits off the post and comes back out. Wow. Like, literally, if you're talking, like, two inches to the left, Way the shot, for it's posting in. And guess what? Portugal's moving on. U.S. is done. Yeah. She even said, Carly Lloyd said, I'm just seeing a very lackluster, uninspiring, taking it for granted where winning and training and doing all that you all that you can to be the best possible individual player is not happening. She did not hold back. No. I don't think it's off base. I really don't. I haven't watched the game. I was like, yeah, it was kind of lackluster performance. I expected better. If you go back to the game against the, ne- the Netherlands, when the U.S. was trailing one nothing, saw Lindsey Horan get fouled by a Netherlands player. And then after she got up, because it was a pretty hard tackle from the side, she gets up. There's a corner kick about to happen. She gets up in that girl's face, shoves her, like just gets up in her face. And you tell her she was ticked off. Guess what? Immediately on that corner, she scores the header. And you know what it showed me? It's like, and then from after that, the U.S. just controlled the game. Now they didn't get the win, but they controlled that game. But like that was inspired play. And again, they controlled the match moving forward. Also, much of the World Cup, I think much of the world in women's soccer, has just kind of caught up to the United States yeah. as a whole. Like, There's a lot of other countries now that are putting resources and money into women's soccer where they haven't in the past. I'm not saying this U.S. women's national team is bad or the individuals are bad. They're just not also just not as good of a team as they were 40 years ago. Just not. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Yes, some aging players who aren't adding much on the field right now. Like Megan Rapino didn't even play against the Netherlands. She came in late in in the game against Vietnam and late in the game against Portugal. Alex Morgan isn't really doing a whole lot, really isn't creating a whole lot of opportunities up front. And a lot of their young players didn't really get a lot of international experience at a young age due to COVID. This is something we got to keep in mind. Like Sophia Smith, Emily Fox, these are players that are 20, 22, 23 years old. They're, they got some young players playing on the U.S. Women's National Team that are really, really young. They're good. They're talented. But they didn't get the international experience in international friendlies back in 2020 and 2021. Because these matches really just weren't being played because of COVID. So they didn't get that international experience. Whereas, you know, like, for example, if Megan Rapinoe or somebody like that or Alex Morgan wasn't playing, okay, well, this is where Trinity Robin, who's 20 years old, would have gotten a lot of those reps, would have gotten a lot of that that international experience. But we don't have that. Plus, you also tack in or, you know, factor in that some injuries. Sam Mewis not playing. Mallory Swanson, formerly Mallory Pugh. She's not playing either. These are some of the top players in the U.S. Women's National Team that aren't playing because of injury. So those are all things to keep in mind as well. But they are 
into the round of 16. Going to channel my inner Jim Valvano, survive <laughs> yeah. in advance, yep. right? They've got to play Sweden, I think, in the round mm. of 16. I think he's ranked third in the world. Wow. Not the easiest thing to do. No. Also, real quick, Major League Baseball trade deadline is today. Here's the proposed trade that I have. I want the Tampa Bay Rays to trade for Shohei Otani and then send him down, air quotes, on a rehab assignment to Durham because we're located here in the Triangle because I, I want to see Shohei Otani in person uh, play in the Durham Bulls. Me too. Play. I, I want an Otani Durham Bulls uniform. I would buy that shirt. I, that would sell. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, you couldn't print those jerseys. Uh-uh. You couldn't make those jerseys fast enough. Nope. I want it to happen. You put the Durham Bull on there and then Otani somewhere. Oh, my gosh. That that thing would be the top-selling jersey in the world right now. Done. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. 